1: What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of District Baseball. We got a jam-packed episode for you today as we continue on with ranking season. Today, we are tackling first base and uh, talking about all the heavy hitters around baseball with some newcomers uh, that you might not expect or you might have forgotten that uh, had a pretty good season last year. So excited to dive into that. But first, Trey, what's going on?
2: Uh, Nick, we had some Hall of Fame uh votes that came through finally and we've got three new Hall of Famers so we wanted to shout them out at the beginning of the episode Todd Helton who is a first baseman himself as well as Joe Mauer and Adrian Beltre uh so congratulations to all three of those guys we had a uh, Billy Wagner who just came up just short hopefully he'll get in on his 10th year on the ballot already but, gotten in, but We agree we we agree in that sense but at least we got 3 I'll yeah. take it um but yeah we're going to be focusing on first base and uh, we we, we have uh, a pretty, pretty interesting list. We, like Nick said, we have an interesting newcomer that will shake up the top of the list, but uh, the number one choice I think is pretty obvious heading into uh, yep. this year. Although um, maybe a couple guys below him would give him a run for his money. But uh, in my, in our opinion, Freddie Freeman is the best first baseman in baseball coming off of a season in which he had eight F war uh, in his, I mean, he's, he's getting into his mid thirties now. This is, this is kind of insane how he keeps getting better. Um, everything, he did everything right. He, he hit for power, hit for average. He got on base. He played good defense. He's a great base runner as a first baseman, 23 stolen bases as a first baseman. That's just crazy to me. Um, Freddie Freeman, I mean, he's the best. There's just, I don't really, th- I don't think you can really say anything else.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, we don't have to talk too much about this um we started at one because that was kind of the obvious choice in, in my mind and uh, I think two and three maybe two two to four we will uh, talk about all together because they're pretty interchangeable um, mm-hmm. but one was pretty obvious it's Freddie Freeman I mean this is a guy last year who could have won MVP almost any other recent year you know, in the NL is just Ronald Cunha had an insane season. Mookie Betts was right there with him, you know, for the majority of the year. And obviously Mookie and Freddie being teammates, it kind of just like took away some boats, but I, I think it was pretty conclusive that it was going to be Ronald's needless to say, like Freddie Freeman doing this age 33 season, he's not showing any signs of slowing down. Um, it's incredibly impressive what he's been able to do and how consistent He's been able to be throughout his entire career, basically. And it's a real shame that uh, any team would just like let Freddie Freeman go like that. Uh, I couldn't really fathom uh, a a team letting, you know, the best first baseman in baseball walk away for a very reasonable contract to, uh, you know, not a division rival, but a league rival. It just wouldn't make any sense to me.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm looking two (laughs) spots down the list at that team's first baseman.
1: Yeah, listen.
2: (laughs) Not a bad consolation prize. Listen. uh, 54 (laughs) homers
1: last year. (laughs) It's also kind of crazy that last year was Freddie Freeman's highest F4 season.
2: I know, his best Uh, year. Best year of his career. It's crazy.
1: Again, like, not that it's crazy the numbers he put up. I mean, they are, but, like, for Freddie Freeman, they're not. But it's just, like it's age 33 Mm -hmm. he's aging like fine wine like i know it's crazy uh you know we we talked about hall of fame i i think he's right there let me look up what his um career war is but it it feels like he's he's, already
2: getting there too yeah all right so
1: 55 that's about where i thought he was 55.7 so he needs Basically one, one more, more season like he had season. last year, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that gets him to the 60s. And then if he tacks on a couple war a season for the remainder of his career, he's at he's basically at 70. Which, I mean, even yeah. if he finishes his career at like 63, I think he's still a Hall of Fame. If, if
2: any any player that gets to 70, I feel like, you know, if there's no you know steroids or cheating right. or something like that should probably be in i mean that's that's a career for that's that's a crazy career for anybody um yeah so yeah uh freeman's probably gonna make the hall of fame
1: good for him i would agree all right let's move on to a couple other guys that are either on the hall of fame track or arguably already there um like i said earlier we're gonna kind of talk about two three four all at once because i do think for uh, all intents and purposes, they are interchangeable. This is kind of like the tier, so tier two of first baseman. Uh, number two, we have Bryce Harper, um, and before anyone loses their minds, Bryce Harper is officially shifting to first base this year. He also played first base last year and was kind of – decent at it defensively so if you're going to be like oh well, bryce is going to be you know adam dunn over at first base that's not the case <laughs> <laughs> like he he might not be you know league leading and defensive runs saved at first but like he is more than adequate at first base so much so that the phillies literally decided to move on from reese hoskins who was like beloved in that city in that organization because bryce was so adequate at first base so obviously being a two-time MVP and being who Bryce Harper is, I I'm going to put him at two. Um, I I think in some extreme cases, and maybe even after this year, you could argue Bryce might be the best first baseman in baseball, but you know, I I do concede that the sample size of him at first is still small. So um, we'll see what happens there, but I'm perfectly comfortable having Bryce at two, which you and I both did. Number three, Matt Olson. Uh, again, this is one that I don't think needs to be talked about too much. Matt Olson, phenomenal year last year. Uh, I think I talked about it on the show that um, Matt Olson was my MVP pick 2022, and then he sucked. And then I kind of just like, he was dead to me. And then he turned out to have a great 2023 season. So I couldn't even like properly take my victory lap. So that <laughs> sucked. Um, uh, you and I both had him three. And then I had Paul Goldschmidt four. You did not have him for, um, so I would like you to elaborate on that. But I do think if people wanted to put Paul Goldschmidt, too, I think that that's a, a very fine argument. Um, like he, he was still solid last year, he's just a l- little bit on the older side. So part of this is, um, you know, part projection into 2024 and how we kind of see it playing out. Um, I think Paul Goldschmidt's going to be fine, but. I don't think he's going to be in that MVP consideration. I mean, he won MVP last year or year before last now, but recent MVP. I don't think he's going to do that again, but I also don't think we're just going to write him off and have him fade into the sunset either. Um, So Bryce Harper, Matt Olson, Paul Goldschmidt, what are your immediate thoughts?
2: Yeah, well, so I agree. I think any of those players interchangeably right now in the two, three, four. However, I'm adding my fifth spot in that as well. I say two through five is interchangeable oh, because boy. I got Yandi Diaz uh, a little bit higher because I freaking love Yandi Diaz, but yeah, uh, I don't know about that one, but go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you see right. your piece. Um, so for as for Bryson and, and uh, Matt Olson and, and Goldschmidt uh, right now, I think the sample size, the argument is strong with, with Bryce. Um, mm. We're just, we just have to wait and see how he does it there in a full season. And it's also worth mentioning he hasn't played a full season in two years. This is going to be his first, you know, healthy coming into the spring training in two seasons. Um, And -hmm. the last time he was fully healthy, um, besides being hit in the face in that season, he won the MVP. So uh, that's something to consider as well uh, with Bryce. Uh, He's clearly that still the same hitter. um, And and we just have to see how he translates to the defense, which has looked pretty solid. Um, Olsen, obviously I mentioned he had 54 homers last year. He was one of the best hitters in baseball. Um, it's really a bummer because I used to love Matt Olsen when he was on the A's and now I can't love him anymore because he's on the Braves. Um, but I still respect, uh, his, his ability and availability played every single game last year. Um, so that's you know, definitely that. some, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then Goldschmidt. Yeah, he's just, he's just 30, he's going into his 36, age 36 season. That's, that's old for any guy in MLB. Um, but he hasn't really slowed down. I mean, I was looking at the, uh, the, the, the hitting metrics from last year and the year before when he won the MVP, and they were pretty similar. Um, so, you know, he hasn't really slowed down in the, in the exit velocity or the hard hit percentage or the barrel rate or anything like that. So he should still be uh, good to go for next year. But yes, I enter Yandi Diaz in that group as well. Now, I might be slightly biased because I've, D- I've been on the Yandi train for like three years at this point. Um, but he had his best season of his career. He's really funny to me. Um, in term, If you look at his his hitting metrics, he just hits the ball as hard as he can. He doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what the launch angle is. He doesn't care about that. He's just going to hit it as hard as possible and see what happens. And you know what? I kind of respect the ball-go-burr mentality there. <laughs> um, but also his uh, ability to walk at a high rate uh, is, is definitely coveted as well. Um, pretty poor defender over there, but I'm not really too worried about it with first base. Um, I don't have any issue with him at five um, behind those other guys either. But for me, I put him, I think, at four, um, just because I'm just curious to see how the aging curve affects Paul Goldschmidt. But I- either way, I think any of those guys in the top five is a good choice.
1: I mean, I I hear you. I, I'm just I'm not sold on Yandi Diaz. Uh, I think you know some of his underlying metrics were similar between 2022 and 2023 but the huge jump in home runs is like hmm is that like you know when you look yeah, at a baseball, uh, yeah yeah of course you know when you look at a baseball reference page and you see the one year you're just like what the hell happened that year <laughs> yeah like is, is that the that year is this the ceiling
2: with, i i agree i totally understand
1: yeah he he's also 32 which like isn't a death sentence but you know sometimes there's there's a steep drop off age 32 33 34 um it's not like if he was 26 and did it I mean, you can kind of project a little bit more uh, but i i think he's gonna be fine i i don't i have him in my top 10 as well i just i'm not putting him in that tier with goldschmidt let alone harper and Olson. um but, hey, you know, you do you, man. Hey, <laughs> we, we all have our guys. I'm getting
2: more aggressive in my rankings this year. I played it way too safe on my predictions
1: last year, and it bit me. So we're going for it. <laughs> hey, that, that's fine. And Like you said, maybe the, the uh, jump in home runs is due to just a more aggressive approach at the plate, like you said. Uh, and, and the numbers kind of back that up. Like his walk percentage dropped from 22 to 23. His strikeout percentage went up. But, like, that might have been because he's being more aggressive. You know, you'll take a couple more strikeouts here and there if it means 13 home runs, more home runs over the course of a season. Yep. And, and I actually, I'll, br- I'll be bringing that point up later for another player as well. Oh, well, there we go. Um, So, Yandi Diaz <laughs> Yandy Diaz did come in at number five on our rankings. Um, but this guy who we're about to talk about, I actually like a little bit more than Yandi diaz and that's christian walker uh i think christian walker had an incredibly underrated year last year um he's one that really like if you're looking at the diamondbacks heading into last year you're like oh are we going to get the sustained christian walker um like performance because in 2019 he had 29 home runs I think most Diamondbacks fans were pretty optimistic about his future. 2020, it is what it is. Uh, He had a fine season, but then 2021, he only had 10 home runs in 115 games. So I think there was a little bit of cause for concern and, a lot of people didn't know what christian walker would be so coming off a strong 2022 it was could he replicate that not only did he replicate that he improved upon it um he, he was phenomenal last year 33 bombs 103 rbis obviously the diamondbacks went to the world series and he he was a large part of that but he's also a really really good defender and i know we're not uh like as heavily weighing defensive metrics at first base as we did catcher or some, as we will, some of the other positions, but when you're like a really, really good defender at first, it, it's noticeable and you kind of, you know, support the entire infield that way. And if you look at one of the back strengths, it was kind of just that classic, not small ball, but like old school baseball type mentality where you just like make all the plays, put the ball in play. It's not showy. fundamental Fundamentally. Yeah, fundamentals. And Christian Walker was just a big part of that, having someone super solid over there at first. And, and obviously they had Paul Goldschmidt for years, who was notorious for, you know, his steady glove at, at, at first as well. So I, I'm a huge fan of Christian Walker. I think he could absolutely skyrocket up this list. Uh, I I will point out I just so I'm not totally a hypocrite, he's also thirty two, which it feels way older than I realized. Yeah, late <laughs> um, late late bloomer but, for sure. Right. Right. But the, the power to me, sorry, my, my dog just knocked over something. I thought I was like, Oh my God, I'm haunted. Um, <laughs> n- the, the power to me is a little bit more sustainable in Christian Walker's profile. Cause we've seen it over. It, not three straight years, but three years with 29 or more home runs. That's a little bit more promising to me than Yandy Diaz having one year where he hit over 20 or hit, hit over 20 and then not having a year prior to that where he hit like any. You know, so I'm mm-hmm. much higher on Christian Walker than I am Yandi Diaz. Yeah, I think you
2: bring up some fair points there. I, I think Christian Walker is the more consistent player. Um, mm-hmm. He's basically, besides the 2021 season, which he missed some games with an injury. Uh, he did. He's, he's kind of been like that from a 110 to a 120 WRC plus with an incredible first base defense. About four war in all, all those seasons. So that, I'll take that. That's a consistent first baseman who's going to give you power. He's going to get on base. Also, the K rate has really come down in his career. He used to strike out at like a 25% clip. He's under 20% for the last two seasons. That's impressive. So, his plate discipline and his chase rate have gone way down, which means that this should be sustainable. I think this is probably the season you're going to see from him this year. A 120 WRC plus, great defense, probably wins the gold glove over there again. Um, you know, a good eye at the plate. That's what you want. And he's just a great veteran presence to have on that young D backs team. I feel like they really rally around him and could Marte uh, and now Corbin Carroll as well. He's almost, yeah. Corbin Carroll is almost a veteran, even though he's so young, it feels like he's just kind of become that guy, but Christian Walker is a great presence over there as well. Um, and, and I think going forward, we're just like you said, he, he is, he was 32 last year. We're just waiting to see, you know, how the aging curve affects him. Um, but right now looks pretty good.
1: If I were the deep quick quick tangent, if I were the D backs, I am going all in on Matt Chapman or Cody Bellinger right now. Like, yeah, it, I'd it say Bellinger's,
2: like, yeah, because they got Suarez for third base, but Bellinger. Oh, that's that right, would, that's right. But like, like one actually, more bat is my Be- point. Bellinger makes them scary. Like they're like yeah. good right now, but then it's like okay, now they've got
1: because like, Walker Marte. Uh, who's her shortstop? Um, I feel like as some pretty good that I'm, anyways but like uh perdomo actually he ha- he did that's a good right season. yeah perdomo had a good season and then corbin carroll lords guriel yeah. and you add you know cody bellinger to that like and they added eduardo rodriguez so they finally got a third starter mm-hmm. with gallon and uh and um who's the other guy why can't i uh merrill kelly thank you i was like yeah. blanking on so many names right now not <laughs> in mid-season form right here um but yeah it, it feels like they, they did really what they should have done
2: they get to the yeah. World Series with the team that shouldn't have been there and they say, okay, they're clearly ready. Let's spend some money.
1: Yeah. It's not but a hard It concept. feels like they could spend a little bit more they could. they could really set up. Yeah. So for I'm sure. Almost rooting for that. All right. Moving on to <laughs> yeah, they're number seven. Sure. Yeah. Moving on to number seven in our rankings. We have Pete Alonzo. Um, and I'm sure some people are gonna get mad at us for having Pete this low. Yeah. <sighs> I have a trouble with Pete like <laughs> it feels like he should be better than he is but it's also not like he's bad <laughs> either um I just I have a hard time figuring out like aside from the home runs <laughs> this is going to sound so like basic but like aside from the home runs like what does he do well you know because like His K-rate is increasing, and he's not particularly good at defense. And, you know, I I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I've been waiting for him to, like, truly break out. (laughs) Right. I've been waiting for him to truly break out, which might be unfair because, like, his rookie year was 53 home runs. So, it's, like, it's hard to expect him to get better than that. But I would have thought he would have, like, elevated his game and and whatnot. But it's, like, some years – like 2022, for instance, he hit 271. I'm like, okay, we're starting to creep into that, you know, Freddie Freeman territory where now he's starting to hit for average too, right? Not And not sacrificing the power. Freddie doesn't hit quite as many home runs, but but then last year he hits 217, you know? And it's kind of just like the overall numbers are fine. He's definitely top 10. But again, like you said, it's like, who are you at this point? I know you hit home runs, but like, is that it? Cause then you're just gonna be like a you know lower half of the top 10 first basin to me, which is fine. Or are you gonna really elevate your game? That's kind of what I'm looking for right now. And he's a free agent next year, or so um, or after this season. So this is gonna be like an important year for him. And I'll be interested to see how it plays out. But I'm still trying to figure out what exactly the profile for Pete Alonso is. Yeah, I think that's that's fair because he's been
2: he's had some seasons where you're like okay he's fine and then other seasons where you're like okay yeah. he's good um i personally am in the train of thought that he's going to have a big season uh he's going into his his walk year and there hasn't been progress on an extension i feel like he's about to go off so uh the num- the the underlying metrics also give me a little bit of hope for that 205 babbitt that's horrible luck i mean lowest in the league by the way Lowest in the league, two hundred five. Babbitt qualified. That's horrible. I don't care who you, what kind of player you are. That's really unlucky. So that's not helping anybody. Um, so and the, the fact that he still slugged five hundred and he still hit forty six home runs with with that kind of bad luck on the balls in play uh, tells you that if he does get the reverse of that going into next year, which sometimes happens, you could be looking at a one fifty WRC plus, and all of a sudden he's in the elite category of hitters as first baseman. Um, But yeah, I, you know, 121 isn't that crazy uh, for a WRC plus for a first baseman. That's what he had last year. Um, So I think it's totally cool to have him a little bit lower on the list, but um, I think we could be singing a different tune coming out of next year, uh, depending on how he does in his walk here.
1: solid on my opinion or take of pete Alanto right now it's very fluid it can mm-hmm. go one way or the other i just need to see something yeah if it's a, if it's another one of these like kind of same seasons nothing wrong with that but i i'm not gonna put him top five i'm mm-hmm. especially over guys like harper olsen you know some of the younger i well pete's young too but like some of the guys that aren't going anywhere is my point point. and freddie freeman too like he's aging like i mean all those guys looks like, like he's not, 27,
2: so right. He might be yeah, I'm not be putting
1: <laughs> Alonzo ahead of any of those guys. So that's more of my point. He he's a very good player. I really hope the Nats sign him next year. But uh, you know, I I don't think he's top five at yeah. this point I, I, until he fair, signs with I the Nets, and then he's the best first baseman in baseball.
2: <laughs> yeah, I only had him at six, I think, on my list, so I didn't have him above any of those guys either. Yeah, you and I had um, him at six. Yeah, but uh, he's he could
1: get to that level. We'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Yeah. All right. Number eight. Um or well, let me let me clarify. We both have a six, but he comes in at seven because of a tie w- with Christian Walker, because I had Christian Walker fifth that gave. Mm-hmm. Um and you had Yandi Diaz fourth that yeah, gave. Yeah, I had the, the Beyond
2: got the boost for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. They they both got the tiebreaker over Pete Alonso. So that's why if you're asking at home. All right, number eight for us, and I have to it feels like I need to pour one out for my homie. Um your wagon Vladimir brother Guerrero jr my wagon brother um what what has the north done to you <laughs> i i just i it pains me it it, it truly pains me because i i just talked about how i've been waiting for pete to like do something different and i've been waiting for, for, for vladdy to do that too i thought after that 2021 season i was like man oh we're in for a treat this is going to be a multi-time you know MVP award winner. I was certain he yeah I was right MVP there with the over Shohei even when Shohei was healthy. I was like Laddie's gonna do it, and 2022 was fine, like not not great, not terrible, and last year was just like oh is like there there's talks of the Blue Jays trading Laddie, and it's just like I can't entirely blame them either, like he. It's important to, to know or to mention that he's only entering his age 25 season, so plenty of room and time to, to grow. But it's he's going in the wrong direction in, in so many ways, which is ironic because his K percentage is still very, very good. It's still only 14.7. So it feels like his his other numbers, his supporting numbers should be better not worse, but maybe we need to get back to the more selective um, approach where you're finding pitches to hit, not just pitches to put in play. You know, I I can't, I'm not dialed into Blue Jays, you know, what's, what's happening within that organization, but certainly that's what's going on with the Nats where, you know, they're sacrificing power for balls in play. And that's just a terrible, terrible way to go about it. Um, But it, it feels like we this is kind of like a, a make or break year for Vladdy in many respects, like both for his position within the Blue Jays and, you know, for ranking purposes, like where does Vladdy rank? But I still have faith in my in my wagon brother, Um, but it, it, you know, it definitely could be better for him.
2: Yeah, so I almost left him off my top 10 entirely. I know you did. I know and you did. I left him in because like you did say, he's only 25. He's yeah. very young. He still has the raw p- power potential, still hits the ball very hard. All that's still there. Um, but yeah, it's it was bad last year. I mean, it's still no getting around it. I mean, you know, bad relative to what we expect of him, I right, should say, right. because he still had a 118 WRC plus. That's 18% above average for the league. But that 2021 season is far in the rear view mirror at this point. And I'm not sure if he gets back to that. Um, was that a product of playing in a minor league park for half the season? Probably, maybe, maybe it was. Um, so we'll have to to wait and see. I and mean, he's had he's struggled to hit in Toronto, which shouldn't is weird because it's 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 a hitter's friendly park, especially now that they moved in the fences. It should help him, but it just hasn't come through yet. So yeah, I almost I nearly left him off, but I kept him in because um, you know the Statcast data still likes him. And he's only 25. Uh, So still a really young player, but we need to see some kind of form from that 2021 season. Otherwise, it's getting a little dangerous. He might end up getting bounced if he has another season like this.
1: Yeah, this is, this is, it it makes me so sad. Yeah, I think he should strike out more. He's brought his
2: carry down. I think it's actually kind of, I think he should get more aggressive. Maybe that would help him.
1: Do the home run derby again or something, yeah. Get, like, get that swing, find it, find it. Yeah, that's what Soto went through. Soto stopped hitting home runs, he did the home run derby and then went on a tear. Yeah, there you're welcome. Found your answer. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Number nine on our list is Bo Naylor. Um, Josh. Oh, sorry, not Josh Naylor, <laughs> Josh Naylor, the brothers on the same team as well. So Long Naylor, <laughs> they're both good. Uh, yeah, Josh Naylor comes in at number uh nine on our list. I had him tenth. You had him unranked. Um, but no way. Surely not. No, wait. Sorry. No, you had him eighth. Eighth. Okay. I was looking at the wrong like, person. I was like, yeah. I definitely put him
2: in there. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> you had
1: him eighth. So I'll let you take this one. What do you like about Josh Naylor? It's energy, man. He's pure energy out <laughs> there. Vibes. I mean, that's,
2: we're talking intangibles here for a second, but like, damn, does he bring it? But no, I mean I didn't realize how great of a hitter he was. Yeah. I didn't realize it last year. He was this good too. He's been this, he's been this kind of hitter. Um, so, and he's a really young guy. I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I didn't, I wasn't expecting this, uh, but maybe I should have been paying more attention uh, because I mean, the dude hit three Oh eight. I mean, that's re- that's insane. He probably had one of the highest batting averages in the league. And he also doesn't lose any lose much power uh, by doing mm-hmm. that. Um, he's an aggressive hitter doesn't walk a ton for first baseman. Um, but I think that that's actually helped him in the power department. He's gap to gap, not a huge, uh, home run guy, but doubles definitely. Uh, so he's, and he's just fun. I mean, he's fun when he, when he does something crazy, you're going to know about it. And that's, that's definitely something that I like. He he brings the, the vibes to the squad and that's an intangible effect, but something that is there. Um, so I'm excited to see how Josh Naylor progresses as a hitter. Um, I do, I want to see him get a little bit, um, better against lefties. He's, he's definitely struggles against lefties. He doesn't, they don't always play him against lefties. So for him to be an everyday guy against lefties, that's the final step for me. I think he's, I think he's capable because of the the way mm-hmm. that he, he doesn't chase much. He doesn't strike out much. Um, so we'll have to wait and see with, if he ends up playing more against lefties, um, doesn't really seem like that's the guardians philosophy. They seem like more of a platooning type of team. So I don't know, but, um, Either way, he was excellent last year, and I'm excited to watch him next year as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Josh Bell isn't there anymore, so in theory, there's more opportunities at first base, DH. So we'll we'll see how they kind of supplement um, his playing time, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't have to be all at one position but uh, yeah he took his game to the next level last year was better in nearly every single category yeah he had a couple fewer home runs but more RBIs more stolen bases um, you know a fewer strikeouts he he was really just really impressive last year um and I, I'm looking at his baseball reference page, and 22nd in MVP voting. It, it's just funny that MVP voting goes down that far, but I guess uh, it means it, something. <laughs> those are
2: always the fun, the most fun thing to do. Quick right. tangent on baseball reference: if you go on like former MVP voting and look at who got like the 30th place vote, it's always hilarious. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's pretty funny to see that, but it just goes to show like he he got some love for a pretty forgetful season there in Cleveland. Um, so it, yeah, it, it'll certainly be interesting to see. Cleveland's like a quick bounce back candidate yeah they don't really spend money but they pro- excuse me they produce guys at a very high rate a lot of young um, talent there for sure a lot of young talent and should they trade Shane Bieber and get some MLB or close to MLB ready guys and you know really jumpstart that thing that that's central still weak so yeah it I, is. I think I think they could easily find themselves back in playoff contention should these young guys continue to take another step forward. Um, and we know how much of a pitching factory they are. So it's just like a well-rounded team with not a lot of holes. They just outside of Jose Ramirez. And I guess Shane Bieber hasn't been that guy in a couple of years, but like they're missing the stars. Yeah. Um, you know, that star talent that everyone needs. So we'll, we'll see, but I think Cleveland could, could bounce back, and I think Josh Naylor um, and Bo Naylor would, would be the uh, brothers. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that'll be fun to watch them. Re- for a full reasons, season.
1: reasons for that bounce back. All right, rounding out our list. Number 10 is Nathaniel Lowe of the Rangers. Uh, he actually tied, dead tie with Tristan Cassis of the Red Sox, who Trey had at 10. Or so, excuse me, Trey had at nine. I had Lowe at nine. Uh, we both had the other ones unranked so the tiebreaker goes to low because he had slightly better war last year than Cassis yeah. um, but to me honestly they're they're pretty interchangeable um, I think uh, Cassis is younger but I think they're very similar profiles um, low I'm almost seeing a little bit of Christian Walker ish in him um, like where i'm i I think we're the best is yet to come with him um you know early in his uh texas rangers tenure it's kind of like all right promising and then last year was like the the home runs really dipped but you know he was almost better in some respects um like you know timely hitting and things like that but the overall slash line was like A little bit lower so i I just i'm kind of fumbling over my words it's kind of just one of those guys where you're trying to figure out what he is at this point and because he's 27 and has a few years under his belt i was like okay all right we're we're probably going to see something age 28 29 in theory those are anyone's best seasons or like in the middle of uh best seasons so i'm thinking on that team that just won the world series you you know there's going to be a lot of teams and pitchers that don't pitch to Seager don't pitch to Semyon or whatever it may be I it feels like Lowe is primed to really kind of get back to those stronger power numbers and really take a step forward um again I, I like Tristan Cass name too but I have a more of a sample size with Nathan, uh, Nathaniel Lowe so I have him slightly ahead for
2: right now yeah so I had Lowe as my number 11 he was right on the outside yeah. um The thing that he kind of reverted back to his old hitting style, which is not bad, I should say. You know, high walk rate, gets on base, 114 WRC+. Mm -hmm. I was just disappointed because in 2022, he got so aggressive and it really helped him increase the power and increase the homers. And I was kind of disappointed not to see that. Um, But regardless, if he's between a 114 and a 125 WRC+, for the rest of his tenure, uh, that's fine, but he's also yeah. only 20, he was only 27. So he could still have a great year and he could get back to that 141 WRC plus he had in 2022. Um, so that is just that he came back to that. I really thought that he, that the aggressive hitting style was gonna be something good for him, and it was, and it just kind of he didn't he didn't continue with that. I'd like to see him uh continue with that. Maybe they wanted him to be an on base guy more because of the people in the lineup um there's a lot of guys that can drive in runs so maybe that's a philosophical or, um philosophical thing for the the Rangers organization i don't know um but either way i'd like to see him get a little bit more aggressive at the plate
1: it's funny though because if and we don't know for certain but if that was their philosophy he had a 357 on base in 2021 358 in 2022 with the increase in home runs mm-hmm. and then he just he had a 360 last year with yeah. the decrease in home runs and power. So it's like in I average. would trade yeah. two what 2000 thousandths thousandth of a percentage of on base for 10 more home runs yeah. <laughs> and you know 40 more <laughs> points in average, you know. So yeah. we don't know for certain, but it's just kind of funny that yeah, his on base he he gets on base. He just gets on base. He does. But he does. It's Regardless like of how power, he's hitting, he's he's getting on base. <laughs> yeah, the power has kind of fluctuated. So we'll see what 2024 has in store for him, but I'm pretty uh, bullish on him. Uh, did you want to touch on Chris, Tristan Cassis real quick?
2: Yeah. um, Really young guy just came up and had his first season and improved tremendously throughout. That's really the, the difference for me is that he kept getting better Uh, and, and he's a great hitter, absolute beast of a human being, by the way, he's huge. So I would hope he has some pa- raw power in there somewhere. Um, But a uh, really good hitter, and I think he's going to be a great player for the Red Sox for years to come.
1: I agree. Uh, it started off really rough. And yes, I, definitely. I think it, <laughs> I think it was uh, very public with how rough it was there for a while, but he really turned it on uh, towards the end of the year uh, to the point where I think, uh, again, I'm not plugged into Red Sox Twitter or you know the organization. <laughs> it, it seems like the owners aren't either but uh yeah i, I think trust Castis is, is going to be fine um i don't know that he's ever going to be the you know star that they're looking for but i mean if he's a lefty in fenway like who can theory, go opposite field right yeah yeah exactly you can use the monster too so in theory you should see better years i i I just need to see more before Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this guy's definitely top 10. I think he's, he's fringe right now, which is obviously where we have him. Um, But yeah, definitely promising second half and he's super young. He's only 24. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah. A worthy inclusion. Honestly, I didn't really have any other honorable mentions. I, I felt like, You know, the order of first base was up for debate, but like I wasn't struggling on damn, I'm leaving this guy out. I didn't really want to like it felt like a pretty clear cut 10 or 11 guys to choose from.
2: Yeah. I mean, the only guy that I was like, maybe was Brandon Belt because he had a really good year last year, but he's older. So he's old. Yeah. And he didn't even play the full year. Um, This will be a popular (laughs)
1: one. And I know you'll agree with it. But like if I had to pick one guy currently outside the top 10 who would be in the top 10 next year like project it would be Vinny p yeah
2: no i have yeah, p just because of the injury i didn't want to include him but yeah good to mention right. him because if he comes back strong he's he's also a great hitter a uh, great player so i'm and i love him so <laughs> I, hope, and, I hope that is the
1: case and if he continues to hit in miami the way he did after the trade josh bell is going to be back on this list <laughs> yeah that's true
2: um bell was excellent down the stretch um it was just that yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes when guys go to a different league, they struggle. And he came back to the NL and with pitchers that he's more familiar with and yep. It it clearly showed. So Yeah, um, got to face yeah, the nets
1: and things
2: <laughs> things work themselves yeah, out. Yeah, it sparked them for sure. <laughs> um yeah, I think with those are pretty much the only honorable mentions though. But I tell you what, when we get to second base, I got about five or six because it was really tough ranking them. Yeah. But uh, we'll get to that in another episode.
1: (laughs) Yep, for sure. All right, that does it for this episode. Be sure to comment. Um, If you're watching this on YouTube, comment below. Let us know what you thought of our rankings. Um, If you're listening to this on the podcast form, uh, be sure to check us out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, review, all that good stuff. Be sure to check us out on TikTok at District of Baseball, all spelled out. That's relatively new. We're posting videos there pretty much daily, uh, all different types of baseball content. and it's just uh, an actually kind of fun time on yeah, tiktok not, much not, more not, fun than i realized yeah it's a little if, bit fun. it would be <laughs> i think twitter's just such a cesspool um that i'm like oh you actually can sometimes have fun on social media so <laughs> it's you know very rare but follow us on tiktok and of course like i mentioned you can follow us on twitter too at district bsb that does it for this episode we will be back next week talking middle infield later guys see ya